Digital Focus. Well, Wednesday in the factory, which means we catch up with the Farm Weekly editor, Darren O'Day, who I know is out and about. We'll let you know where Darren is today. But, uh, mate, good morning there to you. Good morning, Troy. Good to speak with you again. Of course, uh, the paper out tomorrow. Gun buybacks, mate. Yeah, look, obviously the uh, the firearm buyback scheme that uh, was announced by the state government last week, that comes into play uh, this week, actually mm. comes into play mm. today. The aim of that scheme, Troy, is to sort of remove lots of, you know, tens of thousands of what the government calls unnecessary firearms from the state. Um, you know, their scheme was prompted by a number of high-profile incidents, which they said compromise the safety of people in the community. Their logic behind it is there's less firearms out there in the community, there'll be fewer opportunities for them to be used inappropriately. And the scheme can t- coincide sort of with the introduction of the, you know, the state government's new uh, firearms bill. And that sets a position WA as having one of the toughest gun laws in the country. Uh, we're going to become the first state to limit the number of firearms an individual can own, and that'll be set at 10 per, per person. Mm. Um, obviously, there's, you know, there's arguments for and against that. Um, one farmer we spoke to this week, he sort of said the reforms were targeting farmers just trying to do their jobs and also two shooters who enjoy the sport, both of which he said had existed without problem for decades. You know, other proposed changes in the bill include, you know, changes to the way you store your gun, the mandatory training, compulsory health checks, new licence types, that sort of thing. Now, the, the farmer we chatted to, he sort of said, you know, previously his range of firearms could be used for both on the farm and in his local shooting range and he was um, involved in clay target shooting, uh, but he was sort of saying that under the new proposed laws, those uh, guns that are just for farm use, they actually can't be used for any other purpose. And he said, so if he wants to compete in you know, competition, he actually has to actually go and purchase a separate firearm for that and apply for that. So he just sort of said, you know, it just doesn't make sense. Mm. And he said limiting mm. the number of firearms um, will not make any difference because it's only the law-abiding people that will actually be following those laws. He said criminals will just do what criminals want to do. We've done a fair bit on that this week. Uh, we also speak to the Shooting Industry Association. Obviously, they're not happy. No. Uh, we talked to the government about why, why, why it's in place. And obviously, you know, the fact that, you know, and we also have a schedule in there to outline what you'll actually get paid Mm. uh, as part of the buyback schemes. You can go to your local police station, um, you know, and depending on what calibre it is, uh, how old it is, what what money you'll get back for that. um, A lot of people are actually saying that it's really not enough for the value of those firearms. So a fair bit to play out in that one, Troy, but uh, it's quite an in-depth story on that in this week's edition. All right, you can read that in the Farm Weekly tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, too, mate, uh, activists uh, calling for an end date on the uh, the live sheep exports? Yeah, look, they were out and about this week. Um, Obviously, the Federal Cabinet was in Perth on Monday. All the government ministers were here. So the activists, they took the opportunity to sort of gather out the front of the parliamentary offices, the Commonwealth one here in Perth. Now, those Commonwealth offices, that's actually the very site that on March 3 last year, so almost a year ago, that Federal Agriculture Mm. Minister Murray Watts, he sort of announced plans from his government to phase out live sheep exports by sea. That's, of course, if they are elected in the next election. And so those playing at home, the next federal election has to be taken before September 2025. Might seem like it's a long way away, but it's only next year. So obviously there's going to be a lot playing out on that. So the activists here, look, they took the, uh, they went to uh, set out the front there and tr- sort of highlighted their campaign. Their main thing is, you know, they want to end the live export industry, but they actually want the government to set a date now, rather than just playing along and, and consulting with the industry what they're doing. Um, so that's, that's always been their campaign. Um, they also sort of, you know, the, the activist organisations were caught a bit of flat last week in the Senate estimates hearings in Canberra, um, where a lot of people heard how, you know, they'd actually used the, uh, the, the case of the, you know, the, the Bajilia boat that was uh, a Bahija boat, I should say, that was docked in Fremantle, the one that was, are they going to unload, they're going to load that sort of boat. So they've actually sort of, you know, they've been attacked for describing the conditions on that boat as horrid and, you know, and, and really had a go at the government and everybody in the industry on that. And obviously the government's come back and said that wasn't the case and they're just using this as an opportunist 
situation to promote their cause. But, you know, the RSPCA is one of those organisations. They just reiterated that their, their welfare is always the, the, uh, the welfare of the animals. So, um, yeah, they're sort of ramping up their campaign and taking advantage of any opportunity they can to highlight their case. But uh, the government has sort of not come out and said anything this week, yeah. um, and they probably won't. They'll just take it to the next election to, um, they will, you know, if we're re-elected at an election, that's when we'll, we'll execute that, 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 that policy. Uh, you are out and about, mate, because uh, you're at day two of uh, Evoke Ag. Yes, mate. Uh, me and uh, 1,900 friends <laughs> from, from, from about 19 countries. Um, yeah, Evoke Ag, obviously, I think you were here yesterday. It's run by AgriFutures. It's at the Perth Convention Exxon Centre. Um, there's a lot going on. Mm. I've literally only been here about 20 minutes yeah. just ch- just checking in. There's going to be lots of people talking about lots of things. There's a startup alley. There's, um, yeah, lots of different pitches on you know, AI and where agriculture yeah, can yeah. go in the future, all the different markets. Uh, it was officially opened yesterday by uh, the Chairwoman Kathy McGowan, and she sort of inspired the audience here yesterday to sort of think big and to really connect with your communities. She said the aim of the events like um, like Invoke Ag is to really increase the prosperity for rural industries and communities. And if you have a walk around here, there's some pretty big players in the in, across the whole convention centre. You know, there's leaders, there's change makers, there's food manufacturers, there's researchers, innovators, um, all parts of the egg supply chain. They're all here. And as we mentioned in the previous thing, uh, Murray Watts is in town as part of the federal cabinet visitor. He actually spoke yesterday at it, and he highlighted the importance of the biosecurity um, and what the government's doing on that. He spoke about all the other things the government are trying to do in egg. He sort of speak clear a little bit about the live exports thing, he really didn't 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 go into anything on that. Uh, but do acknowledge that you know there were low prices for domestic livestock at the moment. He's put that down to you know oversupply and uh, changing weather conditions. Um, he also took the opportunity to talk about the cost of living. Obviously, that's quite a quite a big topic at the moment. Mm. And uh, with, with the with the uh, supermarkets right in the spotlight, and obviously overnight we heard the news of one of the supermarket bosses stepping down. Yeah. So there's plenty there. And, and Mark Ellison, who's the boss of Elders, he was also one of the speakers here, and he spoke about the challenges of ag and sort of set the scene for day two which is just about to get underway here. And, um, yeah, we'll see what comes out of day two, but there should be plenty of plenty of insights uh, mm. into what's happening in agriculture in the future. Sort of seems to me, mate, when I was there yesterday, it's like a field day on steroids. <laughs> it's, a pre- it's a pretty good description. There's, um, yeah, I said I've literally only been to part of it, and there's, there's signs going here, here. Absolutely, yeah. around the court. Uh, I'm looking forward to having a look around most of them, but probably most importantly, um, seems to be hanging up new uh, find where the nearest coffee band is. So yeah, it's quite important right. as well. Go and get that coffee, mate. Uh, enjoy the day, and I'll see you there later on this afternoon. We'll, we'll chat to you this afternoon here, Troy. Yeah, there he is, the editor of The Farm Weekly, Darren O'Day, joining us as he does every Wednesday. And don't forget, too, The Farm Weekly, it's out tomorrow.